an artist and a chef teamed up to provide scholarships to students attending art institutes and culinary schools. This is their podcast. DC in Two Perspectives is hosted by Tina Whitlow and Sean Lightfoot. Hey, what's up, Tina? Hey, Sean. So, uh, talking about catering and challenges. Um, looking at what I went through when I first started catering was a it was actually a fluke opportunity. Um, someone recognized that I was handling myself, I guess, uh, in the capacity of a cafeteria that we were running over in the area of Blue Plains, um, southeast D.C., back in the early 80s, and suggested that I do some independent catering. So my first catering job was with the Washington, D.C. Boxing Commission, and that springboarded me to uh, this crazy world of chefs and catering. You know, catering is not my lane, but I have learned to know more about the area with our food is art platform. You know, me, I like, I just like to show up and eat. Yeah, most women just like to eat. <laughs> and I'm one of them. So Sean, you are the expert in this area. As a caterer in the business, how have you been able to grow your business with catering versus with the cafe? Share share about that, the difference in how those two vary. Well, I, I, I think I understand your question. The first part of catering is more of being able to adapt to being mobile. Um, and looking at the aesthetics of every environment that you come into and understanding what what the client wants, but what what you can produce that wows them in that space. Um, having a stationary um, location that also caters is a little bit different. Um, all of it is about customer service and the quality of product that you're producing. Mm-hmm. In my experience, I know that you have to be prepared for anything as a caterer. Oh, absolutely. Um, sometimes you have to make a kitchen happen there. Uh, some establishments or buildings don't have a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, cooking preparation may change because uh, in the information it didn't provide that you cannot use fire or you can't use open flames. And we face just in terms of aesthetics, um, with the room setup, things could change drastically. The room setup, which changes service and functionality of service. So, there are things that, um, as a caterer, uh, that you learn along the way if you're in this business long enough, that you adapt to where you can be successful. You know, in my recent conversations with a lot of DC government agencies and nonprofits in the DC area, they have to get food from caterers. They have to commission different catering companies to, you know, bring food to their meetings, to their board meetings, to their festivities, wherever they're having. And some, some businesses, um, have had, have had relationships with caterers for a long time, but also some of them shared that they weren't necessarily satisfied with their continuing relationship. It's like their business has been 
declining. You know, sometimes the food is cold or they bring molded food or. Well, in defense of caterers um, that have had longstanding success in our area, um, I don't want to necessarily say that they're, I'm not keeping up with trends, but with anything that uh, changes and happens in development, you have to. Uh, maintain a certain level of understanding that things and trends change. So I think with current um, situations with people starting catering services, they need to look more into things that are trending, uh, things that are going to, like the food truck explosion. When the food trucks hit, it was just what you would normally see as a tourist when you go down on the, the mall and you see the food trucks. Now it's about starting a business in a food truck versus brick and mortar because of the expenses. So as a food truck, you are also a caterer. So there are different uh, aspects of catering um, that you can dive into to be uh, successful as a startup or a chef or someone who just loves food and your ambition takes you to uh, monetizing that. Sean, I know that you're not a... You don't follow the trend. You're more of a trendsetter. You don't do the food truck thing. You don't, you know, cut out your something on your menu or really don't change your menu in order to satisfy somebody else's needs or a different demographic uh, need. Let's not let the world hear that. Well, I, I say all that to say, how do you do what you do and still be relevant? Um, humbly listening to new and keeping intact uh, traditional, having an understanding that you have to merge your two because having experience also leads me to traditional trainings and classical understandings of you know preparation and service. But when it comes to uh, doing something new, I'm open-minded about what, what that's gonna look like with today's trends um, and just, uh, making it my own. So we'll say it like that. Yeah. I just take things and make it my own. The first perspective. DC Caterers Challenge event. This is DC in Two Perspectives, sponsored by the Whitlow Foundation. I am Tina Whitlow. And I have my partner here, Chef Sean Lightfoot. Hi, how's everybody doing? And we are also interviewing today Miss Christy Whitfield. Hello, thanks How for having me. You? I'm wonderful. Thank it's you so much week. for being here. Yeah, this is our week. This is a great week. And I know you're super busy. We thank you so much for giving Absolutely. us a few moments of your time today. Oh, my pleasure, of course. So, so one of the questions we want to start with is Small Business Week. What, what is that? So Small Business Week is something like, I, I don't know how long ago it started, but it basically is an opportunity to focus on small businesses across the country. So it's a national initiative and everywhere across the country, we're all talking about how important small businesses are for our, for our cities, for our neighborhoods and for our country. I think we talk about, this mayor talks about small businesses as the backbone of the local economy. This week gives us an opportunity to drill down on what, what does that mean? Small business is the backbone of the local economy is like something we can all nod our heads to, but what it means jobs, it means safety in neighborhoods, it means lights on in corridors, it means access to resources, it means walking to 
shops and getting things. It means making your neighborhoods more attractive. It means increasing property values. There are a lot that having great retail and great businesses in your neighborhoods do for the economy that we are able to take for granted, particularly in Washington, D.C., because we have such a, 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 an atmosphere of, of wonderful entrepreneurialism. As the director of Department of Local and Small Business Development, what do you hope that small businesses walk away from after this week? I hope they walk away with an environment where they are more appreciated and more recognized. I hope they walk away with people being more conscious about where they spend their dollars. And then for the work that we are doing and that CNHED is doing, I hope they walk away with a better sense of the resources that are out there to help them grow and thrive in this city. Uh, how can one that's trying to start a small business, because, you know, in, in low-income communities and marginalized communities, they fear what starting a business looks like because they always think it's a financial issue. And it's not always financial. It's more just do you understand the resources that are provided to you and how they can kind of counter those things. How does one find those resources through DSLBD? Let me say that... As a person who comes from, you know, modest means, some we're all quite entrepreneurial, right? And I think that people are doing things that are entrepreneurial, maybe making plates or doing, you know, babysitting or doing things that they might not think of themselves as entrepreneurs. People are making money and they're trading services with each other. And, and we want them to realize that they are already in business and come to us and make it less of a side hustle and more of a, a part-time thing or a full-time thing. You know, we have online resources at dslbd.dc.gov, you know, but to your direct question, this mayor has put hundreds of thousands of dollars in the DSLBD budget next year, and we have dream grants that we'll be putting out into the, into the wards, into seven and eight next year. So starting in October, these grants will be available up to $10,000 for entrepreneurs in Ward 7 and 8. So check our website and come get that money. So, so real quick, what are dream grants? Dream grants, we just call them the dream grants because, listen, when you're an entrepreneur, you're a dreamer. And you, you have an idea of something that you want to do and pursue. And we want to, we want to foster that. We want to be here and support you. And so these grants are really for people that have a dream and they want to help get their dream off the ground or they want to help their dreams grow. So we call them dream grants because as we get that. <laughs> you know, Christy, in my experience, I am familiar with a lot of organizations in, D in D.C., especially community collaboratives, nonprofit organizations that, you know, do social services for the community. And they order a lot of food during their events from not local caterers. Well, some local, yes, yeah, some local caterers that they but are familiar with. Yes, that are more branded, that they're f more familiar with, that they've been ordering from th throughout the years. And I hear a lot of them saying that the service from those businesses are sometimes declining. In your perspectives, what can you say to those businesses or what would be your advice to those businesses for them to take their service to the next level and for them to maintain they, their service with existing relation with existing partners maintain that relationship strengthen it and get their business out there more well um the market speaks and if they don't respond they will lose business right so i'd say listen to the market and if your sales are declining listen to the market 
And a lot of times we want to say, oh, it's this or it's that. If you're not getting the orders you were getting, look at, you know, look at yourself first, look at your competition second. And I would think that there are, there, you get feedback, direct and indirect. If somebody else is getting more business than you, maybe look at why they're getting more business than you. I think that there are, you know, sometimes things are hip or something hot. Oh, this week it's cupcakes, next week it's macarons. There are trends like that that you can't really control. But the things like customer service, like timely arrival, like, like billing properly, these are things that are within your control. These are things that really bug you know, customers. Basic things. And if you, the basic things. The things that, the direct respect that we want, you know, is what customers want. It's all about the etiquette. Yeah, it, it really is. And so I think, you know, sometimes, look, everyone is a, a human person. You scratch your head and you're like, well, I don't really know. It's like, well, maybe you're not looking. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a retail outward facing business. And if, if sales are declining, I'm looking at my staff. And we go, hey, listen, you know what? A friendly face in the morning makes a big difference because there's a lot of places you can get a latte. And so don't, don't feel like you're entitled to business. You know, small business needs to win that business every day. Absolutely. We are so honored to have Ms. Christy Whitfield here from DSLBD. And this was a pleasure. We know your time is short. So we want to thank you for uh, giving us a bit of that and enjoying some of the small business development <clears throat> projects that we have going on in the city, especially with these small caterers trying to show you guys what they got. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been exciting to taste this food. I think food is one of these great places where people with different entrepreneurial aspirations can get into a market and really show their creativity. I've had some delicious food today, so I'll be really curious to see who the winners are. I think they're all winners. I, I couldn't be on the judging team. That's, a, that's too tough a job for me today. Yeah, it is tough. <laughs> well, thank you so much again, Miss Whitfield. The second perspective. And today we have the honor of interviewing Mr. Chef Tate. Wow, honor. Well, I'm honored to be here with both of you. And you are doing amazing work to let the community know that they can do more when we come together. So thank you all. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So Chef Tate, um, Chef Tate is also the founder of... Co-founder. Co-founder I got of... friends that got taken one. Okay. <laughs> got friends in big places. That's right. The <laughs> Black DMV Restaurant Week. Yes. So Chef Tate, tell us a little bit more about that and the imprint that you have in the community in reference to small business development. Okay. Well, along with my co-founders and a team of over 180 individuals who just came together to say, restaurants owned by African-American persons matter. You know, in the girl in the city that's changing, we had a lot of displacement on restaurants owned by African American individuals, not only in DC, but in Maryland and Virginia. And so instead of them talking about it, because I asked, asked friends, when are the last time have you visited a black owned restaurant? And a lot of people said, huh? So the NV Black Restaurant Week first, we wanted to let the world know we are here and where we are, right? Then two that we sustain our restaurants by going to our restaurants, right? Our cycle. And then three, we need to educate our restaurants to be, or to work on a higher level of professionalism and business. So we, have a, we had an amazing conference at UDC and we connected our restaurants to the resources to help sustain them, be it a caterer or a restaurant that's been around. We have honored to have people like um, Ben's Chili Bowl and new places like, um, 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 
the, the, the brothers on A Street who does the Poor Boys. Poor Boys. Oh, poor Boys. Poor yeah. Good, cool brothers, as well as some caterers like the List Dish. Um, chefs like Sean will come in and begin to communicate that we can and this is how we will. So, Chef Tate, um, in your perspective, what do you think that local businesses, small businesses, especially caterers, need to do to elevate their business to the next level? Got it. Got it. Great question. Because, see, uh, we at DME Black Restaurant, we understand that we are in a unique city and a unique time. We have all of the resources that the city offers. If we don't know that they exist, and if we don't use them, then it really doesn't matter. So we first want to sustain our restaurants and get them clearly aware that they can access the resources that the cities that they do business in have already established for them to help. That's number one. And then two, get at stronger operational procedures, you know, strengthening your base, your business base, so that your business can grow as the community grows. Because a lot of times, um, our, our restaurants are not able to benefit from the services or the opportunities because their structure is not correct. They're not up on their taxes. They don't have their licensing properly. And they're not then, thirdly, engaging with their customers. As your community change, your recipe or your menu might have to change to adjust to the new customer that's coming in that that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So those are the things we teach our restaurant owners and our caterers, our food providers. So they just announced the winner for the caterers challenge. There were four participants and Dialect Catering won the competition. We are all happy and excited for Dialect Catering, and we're back here with Chef Tate. And as we were, as we were talking to Chef Tate and asking him about his role in um, helping small businesses out, in reference to small business development and caterers and all that good stuff, Chef Tate, what is your perspective on small business development and how local businesses? in reference to caterers can do what can they do to elevate their business to the next level great question great question um, well both of you all are setting setting a good example I mean what you all have been able to do connecting up to Wakeif and connecting up to the DC offices um, housing um, and not only looking at the opportunity of catering for those businesses right but how do I utilize or how do we successfully utilize the services that a Wakeif or in life assets have. Um, so I think when we begin to get educated on how to do business, yeah, I, I can, my mama told me how to make a mean sweet potato pie, but who's teaching you how to run a serious business is these organizations. And so we as business owners, right, need to also work on our business as well as in our business to sustain the growth of our business. Chef Tate, you yes, and I have known each other for many years. I'm trying to keep up, brother. Yeah. You roll it. You roll it. And, and we've been uh, through this food journey, um, and, and we've come from the kitchen, and now we're on the other side also, although we, I know we're still passionate about the kitchen. Yes, sir. From when we started 
to being relevant now. Yes, sir. What What do you think some of the challenges small businesses, in terms of caterers, will face if they don't continue to be relevant? Um, we had 180 um, millenniums inside of Ben Chilibo. And when we have an elegant woman like Miss Ali say that we need each other more than ever before. It is so hard to do business in this day and age, no matter what city or neighborhood you're in, right? So as business owners, we need to think about collaborating. When you have a woman who's been in business for 60 years say everyone in this room matters, and not just because you're going to buy a chili dog, but because you could have the power to tweet out. You have a power to bring more people here. You have a power to tell a story that makes my business relevant, that sustains my business. So we need to get business owners to come from behind or out of the kitchen or whatever and collaborate with other business owners, collaborate in, in growing the message of your business with your customers, and look at really, really, like you said it so eloquently earlier, yesterday is already gone. How are you preparing for tomorrow? And how are you paying to make sure that you matter? Thank you. You matter tomorrow. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, you did. All right, thank you. Yes, she did. Chef Tate. Yes, sister. Go ahead. So with with DC with D, Black DMV Business Week Restaurant Week Restaurant Week. Yep. And the grow us already. Go ahead. <laughs> And the platform that you've now created, what do you hope, how do you plan to highlight Small Business Week and especially what happened today? And also, how do you think that small businesses can um, let me ask you that question one more time. I'm feeling you. Come on now. Come on with it. You got me locked in this chair, so I'm not going nowhere, sister. With DMV Black Business Week and the platform that you've now created mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. what you're doing here during Small Business Week, especially with today, yes. what, do you, what, do you, what do you hope that small businesses, especially caterers, can take from this experience during this week? Okay, great. Okay, the very first thing is, you know, we as DMV Black Restaurant, we're a team. And we're a team and we literally... Um, collaborate with so many not only restaurants but large organizations the National Restaurant Association um, and all of the DC agencies even the Af Office of African Affairs um, Office of Latino Affairs um, um, so we connect the caterer we connect the young person who's thinking about one day being a chef we connect the business that's been around for 60 years like right and then we put them all in the room and we had dialogue we had a huge conference and in our conference we talked about intergenerational wealth we talked about how to navigate the resources that will allow your business to operate on systems not just on emotion you know yo it's today we got to get the food out the door but what is the system to make sure that food goes out systematically every day so dmv black restaurant we our goal is to sustain the existing, create a platform for the new businesses that is coming, and to create an environment that we all tell the best story of our city through food and the food experience. Mm -hmm. So what do you hope that caterers, local caterers, can take from this week, okay. from this experience? One, that they matter. 
right? And two, that the city knows how to help you if you're ready to be helped because everybody, you know, they, one of our, uh, our proverbs, and you know you use it a lot, the student has to be ready to be taught. <laughs> you know? And so we're hoping that more caterers realize that if they slow down a little, let someone like Chef Sean show them how they can do it their way, but they can do it on a systematic, a systematic approach that will allow them to sustain their business. This brother's been doing it for 30 plus years. You don't want to tell nobody how old he is, but he's been doing it for 30 plus years. There's a system to be able to do it that long. You don't get to do this that long without learning some things. Chef Tate. Yes, sir. How can people get in touch with you and or the organization Black Restaurant Week? Oh, okay. Well, actually, I want to say call you, but <laughs> DMV Black Restaurant Week. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, go right, DMV Black Restaurant Week. Please go to our website. Our website talks about all of our resources, all of our partners. And what's the website? Uh, DMV Black Restaurant Week. Um, we do want you to literally Repeat that one more time. DMV Black Restaurant Week. We do want you to go to our website because we document everything. Um, we On our Instagram page, uh, we document because when we show all of us coming together, that's how the world know we all matter. So thank you all so much. Thank you. Chef Tate, thank you so much for your time. All right. That's wraps us up, that wraps us up on DC and Two Perspectives here at DC Small Business Week. Awesome. Thank you. Oh my God, for everyone who did not attend this event, you completely missed out. My favorite entree was from Delish Catering. Her tastings were amazing. A little on the spicy side, but that's how I like it. What about you, Sean? Um, I actually didn't get a chance to taste everything, but what I did taste, um, this thing that one of the caterers, um, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the caterer, and that's unfortunate, um, was a sweet potato waffle, chicken and waffle, which was absolutely delicious. Mm, yeah, she ran out of those. I didn't get a chance to taste any of those. This is from the DC Caterers Challenge, sponsored by CNHED, DC Housing Finance Agency, and the Whitlow Foundation. And the purpose of this event was to give exposure to small business caterers to showcase their business with an entree of dessert and beverage, dessert, beverage, and tastings. We interviewed Christy Whitfield, Executive Director of DCL, DSLBD, and we also interviewed Chef Tate, who is the co-founder of Black Restaurant Week. Yeah, um, these two organizations, um, in terms of community support and helping small businesses uh, with a platform, um, you look at the the perspectives of what both brought to the table. One is a provider of the funding resources and um, all of the other opportunities. And you have Chef Tate, who is a career chef. Um, I've known uh, Chef Tate for over 10 years now, and he's a career chef um, who loves giving opportunities to young startups or anyone who has the passion to want to go into the food service business. His take and motivation on things is just amazing. This event was also during, this event is also during DC Small Business Week. And we spoke to Miss Whitfield and Chef Tate about their roles in this caterers challenge and how they help small business 
small businesses off the ground, the advice that they give them and also, you know, what resources that they have available from their end and help, how they help entrepreneurs in the restaurant and catering business. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that uh, and we know you can't get to every event that D.C. hosts, but if it's within your uh, perimeter, your spectrum of passion and things that you want to do, I suggest you try to make as many as possible to gain knowledge, information, um, and definitely resources. Um, DSLBD is an amazing platform, and they have um, tons of funding opportunities. And you, you definitely have to have your pulse, your finger on the pulse of things in order to get that information. But that, that's part of being in business. That's part of being an entrepreneur. You have to continue to educate yourself and learn about the opportunities that are, that are there for you. And also Chef Tate with Black Restaurant Week. He actually does a great job in showcasing some of the black-owned restaurants in the D, in the D.C. area and DMV area and also help them promote their business more, bring people out into their restaurant establishments and really help them on a different level achieve success. Yeah, Chef Tate and, uh, uh, had a, um, a training kitchen uh called Inspire Barbecue, and uh, he still carried the moniker. Um, and he definitely gives his all 100% into the makeup of having young startups, um, you know, be afforded the platform to actually you know, do some real things in the community. And he's always been a firm believer, you know, just put in the work and keep things moving. Um, those opportunities will come, and when you have an opportunity to do something like this, today is what we did with this catering challenge. Um, you got to shine. You, know, you just got to do your thing. At the Whitlow Foundation, our vision is to offer micro-scholarship awards in the forms of tools of the trade for the creative arts and culinary art forms to students who are attending an art institute or a culinary school ages 17 to 22 with the abilities, the passion, and determination who cannot otherwise secure the financial aid needed to make those purchases. We're here to introduce them to all options that will assist them in funding their creative education. We want them to succeed in a culinary arts program or an art institute to further their aspirations of becoming an artist or an accomplished chef. So we offer supplies and the monetary aid options that are not required to pay back to assist them in meeting their financial needs. 